0: Hello again, Steve Humble, speaking to you from my little mini barn office in Winchester, Kentucky. Before I begin the perspective today, just let me say two things. One, I know it's only a few days since I sent the last perspective out. I don't know how long will be between perspectives as I'm thinking about the scriptures in this season but it won't always be this close together. Secondly, some of the scriptures I'll read today will be taken from the Voice Translation, which is published by the Ecclesia Bible Society and is a contemporary translation that has two unique features that I'll mention. If you were reading it, you'd see several words that are italicized. Those are words that are added to clarify meaning and italicized so it's not mixed in with the translation and also a number of words that are translated rather than transliterated that is they're translated from one language to another rather than just brought in to the English language the word in question in this one will be the word Christos Greek word which we know as Christ and I'll say more about that in the perspective Before I read the scriptures uh, in Philippians chapter 3 that I'm meditating on these days, I'd like to offer a prayer that was actually written hundreds of years ago by one of the fathers of the church Origen. Lord, inspire us to read your scriptures and meditate on them day and night. We beg you to give us real understanding of what we need That we, in turn, may put its precepts into practice. Yet we know that understanding and good intentions are worthless unless rooted in your graceful love. So we ask that the words of scriptures may also be not just signs on a page, but channels of grace into our hearts. That's taken from a translation of that prayer in the ancient Christian devotional, a year of weekly readings. Lectionary Cycle, C, University Press. May it be so. I'd like to begin today by reading from Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, exalt in Jesus Christ, and do not rely on human credentials. Though mine, too, are significant. If someone thinks he has good reasons to put confidence in human credentials, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day from the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I lived according to the law as a Pharisee. In my zeal for God, I persecuted the church. According to the righteousness stipulated in the law, I was blameless. But these assets I have come to regard as liabilities because of Christ. More than that, I now regard all things as liabilities compared to the far greater value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Indeed, I regard them as dung, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, but because I have the righteousness that comes by way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is in fact based on Christ's faithfulness, my aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained this, that is, I have not already been perfected, but I strive to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have detained this. Instead, I am single-minded, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching out for the things that are ahead. With this goal in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Humble perspective for March 6, 2022. God is faithful, and in his faithfulness, called you out into an intimate relationship with his son, our Lord Jesus the Anointed. 1 Corinthians 1 9, Voice Bible. Called to fellowship with the King. The posters at the front of the Life Gate Church, where we worshiped on February 27th, said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Both of these are paraphrases of Philippians 3.10, and the words I try to emphasize are in bold. The words on these posters confirm my intention to focus my meditations on Philippians 3.10 and 11 as this Lenten season begins. Two of the words written in bold print specifically caught my eye that morning the word christ grabbed my attention first paul's talking about knowing the king in this verse i thought but i've been reading it as a verse about having intimacy with god of course jesus is god as well as man however i realized that i had been reading the christ in philippians 3 as if it were jesus second name not according to its actual biblical meaning the Anointed One, the Messiah, the King. Even though I have worked for years to change the way I understand and use that title, Christ. In Philippians 3, 3-14, to the emphasis is on Jesus as the Anointed King, that is, the Messiah, the Christ. Paul had willingly given up everything he had previously held valuable once he had been confronted by the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. Whatever I used to count as my greatest accomplishments, I've written them off as lost because of the Anointed One. And more so, I now realize that all I gained and thought was important was nothing but yesterday's garbage compared to knowing the Anointed, Jesus my Lord. For Him, I've thrown everything aside. It's nothing but a pile of waste so that I may gain Him. Philippians 3, 7, and 8, Voice Translation. Even after his powerful encounter with Jesus, Paul was not satisfied only to have met Jesus. He was not satisfied simply to have been born again and saved. He was not satisfied only to have been filled with the Holy Spirit. He was not satisfied just to have been called into the king's service as God's chosen instrument to proclaim the true king's name to the Gentiles, also to kings and to his Jewish brothers and sisters. Although all these things had happened, see Acts 9, 1-19. Did Paul already know the anointed one, King Jesus? Yes, indeed. Still, Paul was not satisfied. Years after that encounter, when in prison, following years of suffering for the gospel, Paul still cries out for a deeper knowing. I want to know him inside and out. I want to experience the power of his resurrection and join in his suffering shaped by his death so that I may arrive safely at the resurrection from the dead. 3, 10, and 11 in the voice translation. Earlier in this letter, Paul had already declared, I do hope that I will continue to be able to speak freely and courageously about Jesus and that now and forever the anointed one will be glorified and placed above all else through this body of mine whether I live or die for my life is about the anointed and him alone and my death when that comes will mean great gain for me philippians 1:20 20 to 21 voice paul is not talking about mental knowledge simply knowing about jesus Paul is not talking about a belief only. Paul desires to know King Jesus experientially as he shares in his king's work and mission. Thus, the second word on the posters that got my attention was fellowship, the Greek word koinonia. I immediately remember doing an in-depth word study of this Greek word koinonia a number of years ago. The full meaning doesn't translate easily into English. It can mean communion or participation is in, as in 1 Corinthians 10:16. It can mean sharing life together in community, as it does in Acts 2:42, unveiled in the following verses. It can refer to a working partnership through sharing finances, as in Philippians 1:5 and 4:15 and 16, and more. It can mean. John described the purpose for proclaiming Jesus the word of life is so that you you too may have fellowship, koinonia, with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 1 1-3, net translation. Koinonia suggests deep fellowship of the closest sort, the knowing only gained by the most deeply shared life. It brings to mind Jesus' prayer, that they all will be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. I pray that they will be in us. The glory that you gave to me, I've given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be completely one. John 17:21 21-23, Net Translation. In Philippians 3.10, Paul specifically mentions the koinonia of King Jesus' suffering, the fellowship of his suffering. However, the whole verse is Paul's cry to participate fully in Jesus' redemptive work of liberation. So I ask, is King Jesus the all-consuming passion of my life? Does nothing, absolutely nothing else count in comparison to knowing Jesus, to knowing King Jesus in such deep koinonia as Paul describes? I have to confess that all too often my day to day choices and my attitude do not reflect such a passion. In this season, will I dare to pray with David? Examine me, probe my thoughts. Test me. Know my concerns. See if there is any idolatrous tendency in me and lead me in the reliable ancient path. Psalm 139, 23-24, Net Bible. May God bless you in this season as you seek to pursue knowing him more fully. Yes, we want to know him in the scriptures. Yes, we want to know him in prayer. But we also want to know him by having our life completely involved in fulfilling that which he came to do on the earth. And so let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. In the earth of my body, in the earth of my family, and my home, and my church, and my sphere of influence, and in the nations. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We bring it before you, Father, in the name of Jesus, our King. Amen.